Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... There is this grateful heart that he has. And Simeon says, you're letting your servant depart in peace. Friends, that's what, that's what Christmas should be. Christmas should not be all of this stress, all of this difficulty, all of this heartache, all of this old family junk. Christmas should be a place of joy, of contentment in God. These days, there is much fighting over Christmas, from nativity scenes to Christmas songs. Why do people have so many disagreements over Christmas? While there are lots of reasons, in Luke chapter 2, we see that the Christmas child reveals where the hearts of people stand before God. The reactions range from hostility to obligation, to indifference to worship and everything in between. That's what we want to look at in today's message from Luke chapter 2, in the conclusion of a message entitled, An Old Man's First Christmas. All of us here at Changed by Love would also like to take the opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Here's Pastor Jim. You cannot experience Christ and Christmas without the Holy Spirit. You can do the presents, you can do the Santa, you can do all kinds of nice stuff, you can cook dinner, you can stress yourself out over the family that you don't like that's coming this weekend, you can do all of those things that everybody else does. But you can't truly experience the Christ of Christmas without the Holy Spirit. Now, don't despair. Listen to what Jesus said, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then being evil, now you're saying, why is Jesus always telling people they're evil? It's a comparative evil. He's, in the context here, he's talking about fathers who give gifts to their kids and versus a heavenly father who gives gifts to his kids. So if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You can do that today. Right here, right now. Number two, what you need to see to experience Christmas. What you need to see to experience Christmas. Verse 27, so he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when, his, when the parents brought the child Jesus, let's just stop there for a second. Parents, Luke is talking in the legal sense. They were his parents. We know that God is his father. The child Jesus, very important wording there. Why is that so important? Luke is a physician. He was a doctor, Dr. Luke. He also wrote the book of Acts. He traveled with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was that brazen guy who was always out preaching the gospel, always getting beat up in so many different places, so he had his own traveling physician with him. Not a bad idea if you're the Apostle Paul. But what did Dr. Luke want us to know by specifically writing the child Jesus? He was real. He was real. He wasn't some, oh, spiritual Jesus. No, it was a baby. He was real. And so they brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. That's why Mary and Joseph were there 40 days later. Verse 28, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and notice this, he blessed God and said, now this is also known as Simeon's song. Those of you who, anybody ever been to a mass in Latin? You're not going to raise your hand. You're going to be like, that's going to make me look old, Pastor Jim. I am not going to do that. 
Well, that's, the, that's also, in Latin, it is the nuke dimittis. Sounds like the name of a mafia hitman, if you ask me. Yeah, we'll call it nuke dimittis. All right, so Simeon's song. You want to call it nuke dimittis or Simeon's song? I'm going for Simeon's song. I'll get tongue-tied. So here's how it goes. Lord, and by the way, uh, nuke dimittis is Latin for now, uh, now you dismiss. In other words, I can go now. Luke, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. That may be a case that Simeon's old. According to your word, Simeon believes that God is sovereign on the day of our birth and the day of our death. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen, and what, what did his eyes see? Your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 31, which you have prepared that tells us it was a plan, it was on some last minute thing, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. The idea is that you have, you have prepared your salvation to be seen by all peoples. That would include you, that would include me. Verse 32, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So let's picture the scene. There's this fellow, Simeon. He's in the temple. And a poor couple, we know they're poor because we know they gave the poor people's offering. We know they're poor because of where they're from. They come in carrying a baby. He looks and he just knew. He just knew. Why? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. There's another wonderful picture here. Simeon wants the consolation of Israel. He wants the cons consolation of the Messiah. So what, it, what does he do? The Holy Spirit has shown him the Messiah. What does he do? He receives the Messiah. He picks up the Messiah and he puts the Messiah into his arms. He receives the Savior King, which the Bible makes no bones about it. That's how you get to heaven. Not by the way you live your life. I'm not endorsing living your life terribly. But you get it by, by putting your trust in the Savior King. And the interesting thing, as we've seen this, we're going uh, normally, we'll pick it up uh, after the new year, is that we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. And one thing we've noticed in the Gospel of Matthew is you never know when Jesus will show up. I mean, you just never know. You can could, you could live your whole life not caring about Jesus. And one day, there he is. You go to church a thousand times in one day. There he is. Simeon, gone in and out of the temple, who knows how many times, and, and, and there he is. And all of a sudden, Jesus just shows up on your job like he did for Matthew. And what does he do? He gives you the chance to receive him as Lord and Savior. Again, today could be your day. Notice Simeon, it says, we're told here that he, that he blessed God. What is that? Simeon had a, had a grateful heart of thanksgiving for baby Jesus. In the midst of what we've already talked about, an unsettled world, and we talked about it last week, everything is going crazy, but yet there is this grateful heart that he has. And Simeon says, you're letting your servant depart in peace. Friends, that's what, that's what Christmas should be. Christmas should not be all of this stress, all of this difficulty, all of this heartache, all of this old family junk. Christmas should be a place of joy, of contentment in God, 
Bible students, you should note that Simeon's song uses a lot of words from the prophet Isaiah's servant of the Lord passages, pointing to the, to the servant king, to the suffering servant who would die for his people. And so not only is Simeon grateful for his first, for his first Christmas, he's confident that death will not have the final say. So how is it that someone can be so prepared to die? Well, he tells us right here in verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. My spiritual eyes that the Holy Spirit gave to me has allowed me to see, to get a glimpse of your salvation. You know, the Bible tells us that God is spirit and we can't see spirits which is why God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And Simeon sees the, most, the best thing that anybody can ever see in their life. Uh, the prophet Jonah said this, Jonah 2.9, that salvation is of the Lord, that salvation comes from the Lord. And Simeon saw with his own eyes that this baby was the savior for the world, for all people, that this Baby was a light to show us what God is like. When they asked Jesus what his father was like, Jesus said, hey, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, forget all the religious baloney that you've been taught and that you've heard from a lot of different people. Read the gospels and you wanna see what God is like. See what Jesus is like and you will see him and you will see how to get to the father. Last night before the cross, Jesus told the apostles he's going to his father's house and that they knew the way to get there. In John 14, 5 and 6, Thomas, we always call him Doubting Thomas. Don't be so critical of him. He's that guy who just says everything the rest of us were thinking. You know that kid in your class? You're like, teacher's like, everybody understand it? You're going, yes. Instead, you're going, I don't understand a word you said, teach. <laughs> right? And Thomas is the guy who raises his hand and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I love that guy. <laughs> Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and now can we know the way? And how can we know the way? Interesting, we think the apostles like, oh, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? These guys were common, everyday dudes. They were like, yo, Jesus, man, where are you going, y'all? <laughs> Jesus said to them, I am the way the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, Jesus said. The way is a person. It's not something you plug in on your GPS. It's not something somebody gives you directions to. The way is a person. So in the temple that day, everybody else saw a poor couple holding a baby. But Simeon saw salvation. And that's what you need to see to experience Christmas. Number three, the one you've all been waiting for. That's why I gave it to you on the front end. Why people fight and argue so much over Christmas. Verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. So, so Simeon tells them stuff about their son. Now, interesting, they both got appearances from angels, but Simeon seems to know more about Jesus than they do. Not to mention the dirty shepherds, which was a really low life kind of a kind of a thing back in that day, occupation back in that day. They seem to know more earlier in the chapter about about Jesus than the parents did. 
And so they marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Verse 34, then Simeon blessed them. He blessed Mary and Joseph. He didn't need to bless Jesus. Why? Because he had already blessed God. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Verse 35, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. This is what he's telling Mary also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, it's very interesting that word thoughts Typically in the Bible, it act, in the New Testament, actually is related to, in context to resistance. And so he's telling, he's telling Mary that your soul is going to be pierced. People will rise and fall because of him. They're going to speak against him. Your own soul will be pierced because of the resistance to him. Now in the Bible, signs are generally something that are to clear things up. But Simeon says to Mary... This sign, this child, will be a source of great division. He's not going to clear things up. He's going to make things crazy. Simeon says to Mary, your son will be spoken against. Now, I've done a lot of hospital visits for new babies, but I have never said that to anybody. Like, your your kid, doomed. I forget it, right? (laughs) Ugly baby, sorry. (laughs) This is not how you talk to first-time mothers. And, And he says to her that your son will be spoken against. Now, here is the reality, and again, I realize this is controversial, but part of the plan of Jesus' mission is to bring that division, that that. That that is part of the plan. In, in other words, you say, well, why would Jesus want to bring division? You know, those discussions you have with your family members, or, or maybe some of you here have had those discussions. Maybe you had it in the car ride here or on the car ride home. Those discussions are in order to drive people to a decision. Jesus' division is to drive people to a decision. You are either for Jesus or you are against Jesus. Jesus said there is no middle ground. There is no neutrality. You are either for him or you're against him. And if you would say, I have no problem with Jesus. Guess what? Jesus says, that's being against him because you're not for him. Yes, you heard me correctly. And I know this is controversial, but Jesus is the great divider of history. Jesus has divided time in the past. He's doing it in the present and he's doing it in the future. Now, you might say, that's just your opinion, Pastor Jim. Not a very positive and uplifting Christian message. What's the deal with that? Well, let's hear what Jesus has to say. Luke 12, 51 and 53, through 53, Jesus speaking. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? Which we always want to go, yes, yes. I tell you, not at all, but rather division. Now, think about that. What a terrible way to start a religion. Like, I came to make people argue. (laughs) For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Merry Christmas. (laughs) 
Merry Christmas. So when you're fighting at the ground, the Christmas dinner table, you're like, it's biblical. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> but I got to tell you, it explains a lot, doesn't it? It really explains a lot. To me, it makes perfect sense why people fight so much about Jesus. And again, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, at least you can leave here today and we can agree that people fight about Jesus. There we can find our common ground. But what I'm telling you today is that's part of God's plan. Jesus is a sign, he tells us. It's the sign that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Remember I said that word is typically used of resistance in the New Testament. So let's put in the word resistance, that Jesus is a sign that the resistance of many hearts will be, may be revealed. God knew that like a catalyst that causes an explosion, that Christmas child reveals in you and I either unbelief or trusting faith. You see, the Bible calls people like me to preach the cross of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place for your sins and rose from the dead. The preaching of the cross includes the concept which to some is so insulting and which to others is so liberating that you are saved by God's grace because of what Jesus Christ has done and you grab a hold of that through faith. And that message of the cross, and I know Christmas is hard for a lot of people. I know it's hard. There's a lot of bad memories for a lot of people. There's a lot of strained family situations. There's a lot of heartache. You can't say God didn't care because he came and walked among us and lived through it. And he was on the end of heartache like nobody else was. And so the cross reveals what's in our hearts about God and tells us what we think about him. Some of the things I'm going to say in the next few moments are not easy for me to say. If you are a Jesus hater, there's a good chance that's part of God's plan. So someday, like the Apostle Paul, like me, like a lot of people in this room, your passionate hate can be turned into passionate love when you realize Jesus' passionate love for you. So what's the problem why do, why do so many people reject the light? John 3, 19 says this, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because the deeds were evil. Their deeds were evil. I mean, here's, of course, one of those key questions we always have to think about. If Christianity is true, would you accept it? Would you receive it? And there's a lot of people who won't believe even if it is found to be true. Mary will see hatred for God at its worst at the cross. Simeon says to her, yes, a sword were pierced through your own soul also. One of the evidences we have for, for Joseph being dead is that he's not being told this. She will stand by the cross watching her son die. So those who put their trust in him 
will receive the forgiveness of sins, will receive eternal life, and will receive the Holy Spirit. Simeon is excited and confident that he will not see death. And the reason is, is that when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you can know that Jesus Christ saw death for you on the cross. How do we know all this? Well, he tells us, verse 34, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. I mean, that's all they knew was Israel. And Israel was a religious country. And you know that most people consider the United States of America to be a religious country. And so here we're told that those who reject Jesus, those who reject God's plan for salvation will fall. That's the bad news. But seems for many that's what they wanted. The good news is those who receive Jesus, those who turn to God and put their trust in him, will be adopted by God and will rise up from the dead. So the gospel tells us the the good news of Jesus is people's reactions to the Christmas child will determine, will be decisive in their eternal destiny, will determine whether they go to heaven or hell. And here's the amazing thing. It's offered to all people. Even those who once loved the darkness, loved it. Even those who once hated Jesus. Even those who killed him, or if they weren't there, they'd have been in the front row if they had the chance cheering, crucify him, crucify him. Even those who have spoke evil of Jesus so much of their lives. That offer is to you, friend. That's what Christmas is really about. So what do you need to do to experience your first Christmas like Simeon? Well, thank goodness you and I are not the first to ask. In John 6, Jesus is talking about eternal life. He says this, John 6, 28 and 29. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What do we have to do to get to heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Today can be your first real Christmas if you will believe in him whom he sent, if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, remember him? He will help you take that first step. In fact, if you want to take that step towards Jesus, the reason is is that the Holy Spirit is already with you. And the Holy Spirit is already there because the Holy Spirit has already taken that first step towards you, enabling you to see that salvation is found in a person the Lord Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing. If you put your trust in Jesus Christ, your fight with God will be over. And oddly enough, if you surrender to Jesus, you will win. If you surrender to Jesus now, you will win for all eternity. And again, you can do that right now in this place For the rest of us that have already put our trust in Jesus, what would Jesus say to us if he came to our Christmas celebrations? I think he might say, forget about it. (laughs) Get about all the stress. Why don't you just enjoy it? 
Why don't you take a deep breath and bless the Lord and thank him for the Christmas child? And then why don't you, like a child, go back to the joy of your first Christmas? And why don't you wait in glorious anticipation for the return of the Christmas child who is now our risen King? That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.